You're listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush. And that's the second time I got deported. Oh, uh, you are listening to the Toilet of Hell radio show. I am, well, according to other people, the good and golden boy, Jordan, also known as 365 Days of Horror. And with me is Brenoside, because... Uh, I don't know if anyone has heard, but if you know what Elf on the Shelf is, we have Jovid on the COVID right now. Joe has, uh, yeah, he's been deported from health, so to speak, and uh, currently he is uh, fighting for his life with, um, you know, a runny nose and a coffee little mouth. And so we don't want that on the show. You don't want that on the show. You don't want to hear Joe in pain. You don't want to hear him suffering. We love Joe. So we're going to give him a break this week. Just going to hear him wheezing and stifling a cough and just shouting out, sickness be gone. <laughs> Man, I had COVID three times. I'm a fucking idiot. I can't I can't say anything. You um, got the hat trick. I, yeah, I uh, I think I went through the whole gamut. I got all of them. Um, if there's a variant, uh, you know, it's like an iPhone. I got to get it. I got to get every version. You're collecting them like pogs. Yeah. Boy, Pogs, I uh, I try not to think about that every day, but somehow I do. I don't know how that got popular. Um, so how was your week, buddy? How how did things how have things been for you uh, for 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 good old Golden Jordo? After four years of not cutting my hair, I finally cut my hair. You cut your hair, really? Mm-hmm. Yep, shaved my beard and cut my hair. I'm a normie now. Oh man, that's wild. You were look. I thought you were looking pretty metal. I I saw you uh, upload the other day. And uh, you you were looking the part, man. You had the uh, the the beard. You had the uh, the the flowing locks. Um, but uh, hey, man. I mean, that's uh, that's that's your life. I've, I'm thinking about doing the same. Um, I'm I'm at this sort of awkward halfway point where I either get it cut and just get right back to you know being not self conscious during any job interviews I need, or <laughs> just fucking go for broke and uh, you know just just put the main out one more time before it's all over well i had I've, I've been in my job almost 10 years now and i have my own office where no one sees me so it doesn't matter and i also had the you know working from home for a couple of years excuse of well i'm not getting my haircut things like that and oddly enough like some people like well your hair is so long blah, blah. and like some people would say nothing and it'd be like, are you messing with me? How could you not say anything? You haven't seen me in three years, and I now have, like, a foot of hair longer than when, like, the <laughs> last time you saw me. So that was always strange. But uh, now I get to play the showing up at work with short hair again. And one coworker uh, saw me and was, like, complimentary, but then slipped in a, it was time. And I wanted to be like, oh, really? Well, now I'm going to grow it again and yeah. have it be one inch longer, motherfucker. People have the shittiest compliments, man. Like, the still like, underhanded, like, ugh. Just fuck okay, off. I, Leave me alone. I, I, know, I know there wasn't, like, malice behind it, but who fucking asked you? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you say that? That is so unnecessary. I um so, I was looking yeah. for ways to get it out of my face, and so I I ended up kind of like looking around on Amazon for like what's what's the best way to get something that's like a headband for you know a, an adult man that is is not like super on the feminine side. Not there's anything wrong with that. I just don't want to do that. So I um I ended up buying like this sort of Japanese style head wrap. And I put it on, and I look like every douchebag you've ever seen that's, like, cut first on a reality series. You look like Brent Michaels? Yeah. 
It's just like one of those like sassy fucking 48 year old pirate headbands. Yeah, it's the only reason that you really have those now is to hide your receding hairline like Brent Michaels or if like your brain is exposed due to an injury and you need to keep it covered. Yeah, so I just I don't want to um it's 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 just comfortable and it makes working easy and it makes like doing stuff around the house easy without hair falling into my face. Um so it's like kind of one of those on and off all the time sort of things, but obviously I'm going to get multiple so I don't just have one nasty piece of headgear. Yeah, and uh, I ended up uh donating all of the hair I cut off. It was long enough, so I sent that off to Locks of Love and hopefully it helps a kid in need. So Felt That's good great. to do that. I mean, that was part of the reason why I kept growing it anyway. It was like, well, I'm already here. Let me just grow it out a few more inches so it meets the requirements. And there you go. And doing some good in the world. And now I look all nice and neat for people to never see me ever. Yeah, you can just blend in to the background. Now I'm um, just a guy. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. And there's, I mean, there's a lot to be said for that, right? Like, I think, I think we're at the point in metal history where long hair certainly doesn't matter. Like some of the best artists right now don't even have long hair. It's just not, it's not a thing. Um, it's like, it's not the requirement anymore, like a leather jacket or a denim with patches on it. Just whatever. No, it's like, we got to let the eighties music video aesthetic go at some point. And I understand that's never going to be a thing for most guys and that's fine, but you know, it's okay. If it's uncomfortable or if it's hard to manage, I mean, you, you, you don't have to have it. Just, just get a, simple short haircut and blend in with society in that regard it's fine and then you I mean, can now have- i don't have to like get hair in my mouth when i'm eating yeah. that's nice yeah i don't accidentally like lean on it while getting up from laying down and just yank my head to the side uh don't have to pull it all the way back when working out so it's it has its pluses and minuses it is i do miss it blowing beautifully in the wind and uh, <laughs> accidentally being confused as a woman by strangers. That's always fun. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, look, there's nothing like being told about an egg that was placed somewhere in your hair several hours ago from breakfast, just being pointed out by somebody though. And that could be mayonnaise or soup or anything. And it just, it's yeah. Long hair is a, uh, it, it's a bacteria collector for sure. It, it loves to, you know, reach out and touch everything. So, um, you know, it's your mileage may vary on that, but eh, we could, uh, we, we could literally discuss hair for an entire podcast series, let alone this episode. Well, so we could, we could talk about how your week has been. I mean, we, we couldn't too. That would be, that would be preferable. Um, but it's, it was, it was all right. It was pretty good. Um, uneventful. Um, I have, uh, I, I'm, I'm taking care of a, of a new kitten. And um, she is an absolute little terrorist. Uh, I love her. She's like the sweetest cat when she wants to be. But every other minute of the day, she's just like every every like fucking predatory, just feral apex predator kind of cat meme. Everything. She does it all. She'll fuck up toilet paper. She'll bust into the door when you're going to the bathroom. She'll fucking zoomies at three in the morning and wake you up screaming. It's just everything that's personified by the internet in like a cat that doesn't behave well. That's my new cat. Just making eye contact with you as she puts her paw out and moves the glass closer and closer to the edge of the table. That's June. That's my cat. That's what it is. Um, so she's she's 
the fucking cutest though. She's like six, seven months old now, and she's she's like way too adorable. She's at that point where her like paws and her legs are just kind of like lanky and a little too big for her body, and so she's she's kind of stumbling around and when she gets on these really high places and does these aerial assaults on just nothing that exists, you know, you get to watch her just flail wildly while she's figuring out her body. So that's lots of fun. Um, it's definitely, definitely highlights for me that I never want children ever, ever <laughs> fucking ever. It's like a cat is stretching me too thin. So, um, well, I, luckily a baby won't be doing a lot of these things that a, a little kitten's doing. So <laughs> there is some balance. I think you will have to, you know, hold on to the baby and support its neck and feed it and things like that. But it won't be jumping off of high places, at least not in the beginning. Yeah. But um, the, the great thing about babies is that they're, they're babies for a couple months and then they become toddlers and teenagers that hate you. And they have these advanced primate brains that can get into drawers of, of things and items where they just always constantly have to be just watched. And, and if you go, Hey, put that down, they'll be traumatized until they're 46. So it's like, I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> No, that's Daddy's sword collection. Yeah, yeah. No, that's Daddy's special pipe. That's not for babies. It's like that's, fuck it. That's gonna... Daddy's pencil holder with water in it. <laughs> that's what that is. I don't even think I want. Uh, once I get a house, I I, I don't even want a dog at this point. She's she's fine. Like she's okay. She's just a a, a more rambunctious cat than what I'm used to. I got very lucky before with some very lazy, sleepy cats. And uh, now it's just totally not the case. And I, she'll mellow, she'll mellow out as she gets older. I like to think so. Um, but like, if you do the Jackson Galaxy thing, if anyone is a, you know, Animal Planet stand like myself, and you, uh, you you go through that advice, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna take a birdie toy and play with this motherfucker for goddamn forty five minutes to see if I can tire her out. No, it doesn't work. It just it just jazzes her up more. It just makes it last longer. So. The only thing you can do is ignore her and just let her break everything in the house. Speaking of ignoring things, have you seen, we talked about this a few weeks ago, I think it was me and Joe, uh, the OzFest Metaverse concert that was some mishmash of Web3 and NFT and cryptocurrency and all sorts of scam words. You know, ignore is an interesting choice of words because, uh, no, I completely allowed this to pass me by in a life that is much more important than anyone who would be fucking involved in this. No, please tell me about what's going on with that. It was, like I said, some mishmash of crypto bro nonsense inside the metaverse and other words I don't quite understand that it was just a concert, for lack of a better term. They were labeling it as OzFest, even though it was Ozzy Osbourne, Motorhead, which has like one surviving member, um, Skid Row, which again is like, well, I don't know how many original members. And also it's 2022. Who gives a fuck about Skid Row? Um, who else was in this? Uh, Megadeth. And The Raven Age, which is uh, Stephen Harris's son's generic metal band. Oh, my God. It's the worst. And they were posing this as some sort of virtual reality next level concert. And they they finally put footage up of it. And it's like guitar hero ass looking avatars and 2005 computerized Ozzy Osbourne looking things gyrating and awkwardly moving to pre-recorded live music. 
Yeah. Um, also, it's been it's been you know it's been quite a while since I've had any running over the show, and I apologize so so much. But this all happened very recently. This all is something you could have saw just a few days ago, and therefore it's news that's metal. It's metal news. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I hate this so much. I hate this. I'm so fucking happy that the world has united in the complete, uh, denial of this virtual reality simulator that Facebook has wanted to put together known as the metaverse. Like it has been completely rejected by society, uh, to a point that Mark Zuckerberg is laying off tens of thousands of employees. Um, all of these systems are, are probably going to be going away shortly. Um, but it's, it's, it's ludicrous. I think, if anything, after the, the, the pandemic, people are exhausted with social media. Everybody is so tired um, of just interacting with human beings only through a computer. And I think that the absolute worst idea ever was to try to double down on that concept try to get people to get more involved with online life and do things more in like a remote virtual sense like people are ready to get back to like community spaces they're they're chomping at the bit of that stuff and this is just this is not a fucking thing anymore it it just looks bad (laughs) i think if it looked good and had like quality features or interactivity or something making it worthwhile then you would at least have a chance because when it comes to the live space community thing uh we're seeing like bands getting priced out of going on tours and not being able to afford things so with this there's at least in, in the general sense of i cannot go to this concert for whatever reason this is my chance to see it and if it looked good it's like oh i'm there i'm actually in the crowd and there's surround sound and everything looks great but that's not it it still looks like it's 2005 with these things and it, the, the weird thing about or the weirder thing about this ozfest metaverse thing is not everyone had an avatar or a little gum chewed looking claymation thing there was like just ozzy and just lemmy for Megadeth, it was showing their music videos. That's fucking terrible. You can That's... just go to YouTube and watch these things, but for whatever reason, they had little intros from Dave Mustaine talking about how great it is to be in uh, whatever, decentralized land, I think they called it. Oh, my God. And then it's like, here's a screen in this virtual reality place playing a music video. And that was it. That's awful. And people like paid to be part of this. Like people, you, you, there was a price of admission to 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 look at this stuff. Correct? Something, something like that. I mean, because they were people's goofy looking avatars with their bad names over them, like hopping around in this space and emoting and doing emoji things. And uh, what's the point of paying for it if we can just go to YouTube and watch this in the first place? Yeah, I, I, I think that the answer to the live music issue is because you still have people who have legitimate concerns about um, being packed in in a live music scenario where you're at a show and everybody's on top of you and there's like inches of breathing space um, because COVID-19 did not go anywhere. Joe has it right now. 
It's and we have bad flu is going to be this year, and RSV and hospitals are at their limit now. I mean, I'm one of those people who's still not comfortable being in a crowd. Yeah. So uh, this this metaverse watching concerts thing, like I said, could work if it looks good, and also if there's a reason to watch it. If there's some sort of exclusive concert with a major band, like take what's going on with Ticketmaster right now, completely blowing it with Taylor Swift's concert. Yeah. If Facebook or whoever paid her enough money and she's going to do one concert for the year and put it in their little metaverse thing, people will go to it. People would actually pay for that. So, uh, and I don't think they're doing that. They're just like, oh, <laughs> Sharon said she can get Ozzy to sign this paper with a shaky hand and we could use him. That's not that impressive anymore. You know, I. I, I, I just I, I think the there there is a solution and it's probably something we've we've seen before where the band just literally gets on stage and it's the members of the band like on video and there are multiple angles changing back and forth and they do a live rendition of their set list, their music. Like and um I mean I, I think that the way to deal with this going forward is some sort of hybrid solution for that. Um, obviously that's not going to be the case for your lower tier bands or, or your bands that are a little less popular or, or high earning. But if you wanted to go to, I mean, I've seen animals as leaders do this with like a remote show. Um, they could now have a live show that you can actually go to, but maybe you could buy a much less expensive ticket just to gain access to like a Twitch stream or a YouTube stream where you can see the performance uh, live because you don't want to be there or you can't be there. Um, I think that's a lot more feasible, and I think I've seen that occur since the pandemic. But this, this like Guitar Hero, you were saying CGI-looking bullshit with fucking dumb avatars and virtual headsets, it sucks. It just sucks. It's something that we're all burnt out by. We don't we don't want fucking virtual connections anymore. We want real ones and it's just this is 3 years too late now. Yeah, no, nothing can replace the live concert experience. Although with this uh, virtual stuff, they should do like virtual VIP things where you could pay an extra $100 and Doyle von Frankenstein ignores you. Yeah, yeah, that would be um that would be ideal. <laughs> you could fawn over your favorite artists and they say cool story bro and you get like a, a handful of pins and patches you're like all right let's throw the horns in front of a camera get out of my uh dressing room you got your picture let's go all right yep yeah I, I i hope that there's an end to that um i still see it i'll still see it on twitter people very happy to like show pictures like i met this person. it's like you didn't meet them that's not meeting somebody that's not real doesn't count. If you paid to get there and like take a picture, you didn't really meet them. If you're not in a beer sort of drinking kind of party and uh, able to shoot the shit for an hour or so, you didn't meet anybody. You saw somebody. You got access to their body odor for 10 minutes. You accessed someone and got to put your, your over your arm around them for a picture. <laughs> is there anything else that uh, is worth mentioning about this or... I hope it never happens again. It's bad and embarrassing for everyone, and it is not the future, especially if they do it this way. Just a universal human humiliation all around. Um, while we're on the subject of news, uh, here, you know, and and look, this is a great podcast. I think that you and I and uh, Joe, we we we've 
or majorly you and Joe have uh, put together a great show for uh, a great number of people. And over the years, we've entertained a lot of people. Uh, but uh, second to us is the Joe Rogan experience yeah. where it's kind of the same thing. You bring, uh, you know, people on to talk about their feelings. And uh, while our feelings are majorly about metal music, that's not always what happens on uh, the Joe Rogan experience, believe it or not. So I don't know why people listen to it, but that's uh, that's a thing. So uh, today I-, I-, I do have the uh, privilege to report that that, you know, there's something rel- of relevance, minor relevance in terms of a Joe Rogan episode where. Uh, a one Maynard James Keenan, the front man yeah. of, of Tool, Joe Rogan. Okay, good lord. Maynard James Keenan, both in the same room, talking it out, talking about their feelings, talking about their ideas, talking about their opinions. It's excellent stuff. Blowing farts into each other's faces. Um. Yeah. So, uh, moving on from the subject of of male face sitting. We can uh, we can talk about some of the things that Maynard James Keenan said on this pod on this podcast. I I don't think a lot of it was very interesting. Because stuff, he's not very interesting. He's not very interesting. No, um, he thinks he is. He, he I think I think he thinks he is. Yeah. I when you see Maynard James Keenan present himself on stage or online, um, I think he thinks he's an extremely deep, interesting person. I don't think and he has such contempt for everyone. <laughs> Well, I think that point is about to be made. Um, let's let's get into some of the uh, things that he was discussing. So, uh, one major point of discussion for them was TikTok. Uh, Maynard James Keenan, he is uh, he's older than you and I, quite a bit. Um, you and I aren't particularly interested in TikTok, I don't think. No, no, right? You don't uh, you don't endlessly scroll through like dumb dances and computer voices on your phone. Surprisingly not. I am not young and I am not an attractive person, so there's no point of TikTok for me. You don't want to have like the full Manny Petty with the long uh gel nails and do a dance in front of the camera. Or a nurse with a giant cross necklace pointing to boxes, talking about how they're gonna let people die because they haven't given themselves over to Christ. No. Uh not all of those things are nice and good, no. Um, but, uh, so Maynard James Keenan is of the same opinion. Um, uh, he, he's too old for it. He doesn't understand TikTok. He doesn't find it relevant to his interests. Um, so this is what he said to a Mr. One Joe Rogan. I won't be relevant with the TikTokers of the world because it's just not on their radar. The things they respond to now, I'm not necessarily relevant, but there's an entire generation of people. That's not my generation. They've grown with this thing. So they're aging. They're going to be discovering it. Uh, Rogan asked Keenan if the singer feels like he has to try to maintain his relevancy, uh, to which he responded that he feels the opposite. Um, He says, you can't think about that because then you'll be desperate and get plastic surgery and look like an alien trying to insert yourself into some stupid fucking thing. It turns to desperation really quickly, so just maintain your art. How well did Tool maintain their art, Jordan? How many years did it take to, to put out uh, inoculum or whatever the fuck that last album no one talks about anymore was called like 13 years yeah yeah just maintain your art just focus on the art jordan maintain your art while you try to sell a a 10 vinyl lp special box set for a thousand dollars of an album that you put out a year ago 
Yeah, and, um, and supposedly they're doing something with Ten Thousand Days now too, which is just going to be re-releases and reissues because they need to keep the winery going, <laughs> and for uh, Danny Carey's uh, legal fees, the, uh, the the bacon-soaked winery yeah. to own the vegans, because you know he found out that wine was vegan and that's inappropriate. God, you just know he has hung out with Elon Musk before. I uh, I sure hope so. Because lots of great things are happening from the Musk camp lately. We're not all these people deserve each other. We're not gonna talk about that. We'll get to Twitter in a minute, but we're not gonna talk about Elon Musk's Twitter. We'll get to Twitter in a second. But um Yeah, he just kind of just continues on like that. He says it turns to desperation very quickly, it reeks, so just maintain your art, dude. Um I don't know. That might be a bit hypocritical. I don't think. And I don't is think there, there a lot of art in Pussifer? There's got to be, right? Or whatever his other side projects that he keeps doing that I think has fewer and fewer returns on them. I don't know anything about this man outside of Tool and A Perfect Circle. I really don't. Um, and, like, even A Perfect Circle, I, I vaguely recall, like, uh, some one-hit wonder from them back in the maybe the early outs. I, I don't, you know. Judas? Probably Judas. I feel someone. Some shit. I don't remember. I'm old, man. It's not relevant to me. Yeah, Tool is the TikTok of of you. <laughs> I'm too old for Tool. Um, I'd rather uh, you know, listen to Metallica and squee when I see it on the Netflix show. That's, that's... Da, 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 da. you know. I actually heard Entertainment yesterday, just randomly while like flipping channels, and I realized how slow that song was. I never noticed it before because I haven't heard it in like ten years. As, very slow song as the uh a, a, as a person who um has been into like bass and guitar for a long time that is the first song you learn on guitar because it is the dumbest song ever made it is it's the, the modern it's the modern smoke on the water dude it's the modern hot cross buns <laughs> hot cross buns it's mary had a little lamb on like for metal dudes it's the stupidest fucking dumbest simplest like riff in a can song uh and it's just loved by buttholes around the world so it just became popular but and i don't know it's got a vibe it's it's like i'm gonna listen to that song and i'm gonna be like yeah ecw like i'm gonna have that feeling when i hear it but besides that man it's a fucking shitty song say your shit sucks I'm glad we so got is that all Maynard had to say on That's Rogan? It. That's it. Right. I just I saw this headline and I dived into it thinking we'd get some some gems. Not the case. I mean, am I going to go listen as opposed to some terrible failing congregation metal website, which I will fail to name in this very second. Um, this is the quotes that they thought was relevant to pull for their article. And that's all I'm referencing. You know, could I very well go and listen to two hours of Maynard James Keenan talk and Joe Rogan talk? I could do that, Jordan. Uh, I'm fucking not going to. <laughs> you only have so many hours on this planet. Don't yeah. spend them watching that. No, it's not. Even even on my commute to work, there's other things I could be listening to. <laughs> just stupid people who think they're smart making fun of people that they think are stupid. And just, it ain't worth your time. And no no thank you so, so we're gonna move on to a, a different piece of news that uh, ended up on my desk today um and it turns out that so 
Dave Mustaine and James Hetfield. I mean, we were talking about Metallica. We were talking about Megadeth. So this is still relevant to the conversation. Um, it sounds like they could have come together for some sort of special project. Like there's just, there might've been something going on in the background once they kind of buried the hatchet years ago with the big four show. Um, and but because this was all coming out during a like an interview with guitar.com that Dave Mustaine got into because there isn't a single interview that this man can possibly be involved with where Metallica doesn't come up due to him or the stupid fucking interviewer. And it's like these guys have been a separate project for how many decades now? Dave also, Mustaine- how many how many bands are out there and how many guitars can you talk to? Why does it always have to come back to these people? I right. guess because they sell the most uh, uh, physical copies of a magazine or they yes, get the absolutely. most clicks. Yes, absolutely. This is, I mean, someone had to write Enter Sandman and it was one of these two guys. Um, maybe both of them, a lot of stuff was ripped off from Dave Mustaine's uh, Lisa Frank notebook back in the day when, um, you know, these things were being put together, so... Um, let's let's get into let's get into some of this uh, you know noted beef. Let's talk about what Dave Mustaine had to say about the situation. So, uh, according to Mustaine, one of the last conversations he had with James Hetfield was the idea of working on something together. Uh, both parties apparently seemed they were into the idea, uh, but Mustaine says the discussion eventually turned to money and past agreements, where it seemed like ice water was thrown on the whole project. That is the quote of the website I mentioned previously. Um, but here's the actual quote from Mustaine. He says, there's three sides to every story, right? There's my side. There would be the other person's side. And then there would be the truth, which is somewhere right in the middle. Jordan, I'm, I'm so fucking sorry. How dare I? <laughs> How dare I? Let me, let me start over. There's three sides to the story, right? There's my side. Then there would be the other person's side. And then there would be the truth, which is somewhere right in the middle. You know, oddly enough, that was one of the last conversations I ever had with James because we were talking about getting back together and doing a project. Something had come up about the publishing discrepancy that we have been arguing about for years and years and years. And I told James, I'll do it, but we've got to get this stuff sorted out first. And he said, oh, yeah, sure. So I said, now these two songs, you and me split 50-50. Lars didn't write on this song. You know that. I don't know why you gave him percentages. <laughs> well, is this getting money from this? Why? I don't know why you gave him percentages, but I'm not. I'm not going to sign another deal that's going to confirm that because I never agreed to that. And James said, well, Lars has a different recollection of that. Yeah. And I said, that's fine. There's his side of the story, my side, and the truth is somewhere And that blew his mind, and we haven't talked since. You know, I was trying to be really friendly with him. He told me that the last three projects they did bombed, and they wanted to go back and use all the stuff that I was on, and I said, sure. And as soon as I said that, three stories bit, and it was over. Thank you. Um, Yeah, man, it it never fucking ends with these guys. It never ends. It never ends. There's just so much bitterness. And it all seems to be coming from Dave, unsurprisingly, because, you know, Metallica is successful and has millions and millions and millions of dollars, whereas Megadeth doesn't. I, who knows what the actual problem is, if there is an actual problem in 
James wasn't just going, yeah, sure, dude, that sounds cool. And then, you know, thought about it for a couple of minutes and went, oh, no, I don't want to work with this guy. Let's just make something <laughs> up. No one does, really. Um, he, he just looks at his phone, pretending he has a phone call and walks away. <laughs> yeah, sure, man. Sounds no good. Yeah, it's like, I I, I don't know. Uh, the, I think the major part of the problem is that, I mean, these two guys, I mean, definitely Metallica at this point, they're more of a franchise than they are an actual musical group. Um, they're, they're a business. So everything comes to money. Everything comes to deals and raw deals and millions of dollars exchanging hands. There's really not a decision that James Hetfield can make on his own without the umbrella of Metallica garage incorporated. You know what I'm saying? It's just Lars does have to get his hands in whatever pot that James Hetfield gets into and I, I mean like a honey pot, not like marijuana. I'm sure they do plenty on their own time, but th- it's just like you, you can't do anything as a Metallica member outside of Metallica without like s- just severe financial regulations among members. These contracts are fucking airtight. They're very silly because this is just one of the highest earning, if not the highest earning metal act of all time. It's a business, and it affects not just the people in the band, but whatever crews and writers and producers and things like that. But it, it feels like with that little revelation that like Lars is getting a percentage, possibly, <laughs> out of this thing that he's not involved in, that Lars is the Grima worm tongue of Metallica. Like someone comes to an old tired James with his crown on, and he's looking all gray and withered, and they ask him for help. And he's he's considering it, and Lars pops up around his shoulder. Don't do it, sire. <laughs> I need my percentage first. And then he says no to it. So maybe that's part of it, too. He's whispering in James's ear to not do it, because you got to think about the band, man. Yeah, and it's, and I mean, that I guess I could see that. It would be odd, because I've been under the assumption that Lars and Dave have been on better terms than James and Dave throughout these decades. Um but again, I, I think it purely boils down to, you know, hey, we have to get like really intimate financial approval among one another to be involved in separate projects beyond Metallica. Um, that was one of the major reasons that Jason Newstead left the band. It's because he wasn't allowed to do anything else without Metallica's approval. Um, that was probably due to a lot of money being given to him to be Metallica's bassist and Metallica's bassist only. Um, and then he left when he saw that James had somehow weaseled his way into a South Park soundtrack track. So yeah, for the movie, for the movie. So that's it, the whole thing's fucked. It's very silly, but um, it's funny that they're mad at each other again. There's a fairly easy solution. If they would actually want to do it, you do some sort of split, Seven inch vinyl, whatever you want to do. There's a Megadeth song with James on it. There's a Metallica song with Dave on it. And then maybe you cover each other's songs, or everyone in each band comes together to do some sort of hearing aid song together. And that's it. You've worked together. Everyone gets sort of residuals and percentages. And you could. Finally, close the door on this never-ending chapter that's been going on for forty <laughs> years of 
they hate each other. They love each other. They, will they? Won't they? It's just you actually put out the product. Here it is. You both each get 500,000 copies to sell at the same price. You agree there's no special deals or anything like that. And that's it. It is done. Everyone can move on with their lives. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Metallo Death 2022, not a thing. It's never going to come out. Um, that's a bummer, man. It's a fucking bummer. So. And I just look at if the Misfits can get back together, even if it's just for a couple of live shows of varying degrees of quality. Like, most other bands should be able to put aside their problems, at least for a little bit, to make a, a couple of bucks, whether it's playing live or putting out music or something like that. I just figure they hated each other for a good 40 years, and they can stomach each other for one or two practices and sharing a stage for piles of money, then everyone else can do it too. Dude, Axel and Slash got Guns N' Roses back together. Like... I I I'm sure that when you guys were teenagers and somebody kicked somebody's dog, it was hard. But like, fucking get over it, man. Um, dumbest, dumbest, longest dispute ever. I'm I'm glad that it continues though because it, it's metal's only beef that anybody cares about. It's, by this article, it's like I just saw one of the Batushkas signed to Napalm Records this week. Yeah, I saw that too. I think it was the one that was on Metal Blade a while back to put out one album. I think this is the same one, but again, I don't know. And <laughs> last time we checked, I think there was three or four of them. The one that you can listen to on Spotify, like the one that you can listen to that's on Napalm. I, I think that's just at this point, the real Batushka, like, even though people consider them the fake Batushka, right? It's just, that's what it is. That's the, that's the majority members. That's where all the contracts are. Like it's some other guy being pissed off, calling himself Batushka, you know, uh, no, no, thanks. That's okay. It's Batushka Inc. or Batushka BC. <sighs> it's very stupid. How many dumb names can you think of? Just do something else. Bethrishka Beforeshka. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. Bethrishka. Um, speaking of stupid, you've had to deal with some stupid stuff recently on Twitter. Yeah. I I think we all have. Um, and it's you now, specifically with one specific thing. We all have collectively. Yeah. What's been going on the past couple of weeks. Well, it's I, I one thing I can take the blame for is with Twitter just clearly going down in flames. I have just been like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to say what I'm thinking. Or, you know, if, if I think there's a joke that could possibly upset people, I'm like, if it's not really like extremely problematic, I'm just going to say it kind of a thing. I'm just like, fuck he's, he's going to say the word guys. Wait for it. <laughs> oh no. He's going to the jukebox. <laughs> um, so, uh, this was last Monday, I think the 13th. Um, I had uh, I had just made wrote what what I consider to be a silly little tweet uh, that a lot of people responded positively to, and I think it it was a great opportunity for for a lot of people within my circle who I tweeted it for the benefit for to like laugh amongst ourselves about ourselves, um, and it was also autobiographical in that same way. But but what I wrote is stop asking young girls in Metallica and Slipknot shirts to quote unquote name three songs. And what you should do is start asking 25 to 50-year-old dudes an unreadable death-slash-black-metal logo long sleeves. I have a funny inkling whose failure rate would be higher. Um, and the entire reason that I came up with this tweet is because I was wearing a slug shirt 
at the gym and uh i was like wondering if anyone would approach me about it like there's actually kind of a lot of metal dudes from my area and uh i was i was like oh man i I had the funny thought about the three songs thing and this is a band that has nothing but like puns about slugs it should have been very easy for me to come up with three songs on the fly at the top of my head but i just like had two i was like uh war slugs uh crop killer oh fuck what's the one with the esoteric oh what's the word like and so i just forgot and that's that's what brought that about. I was more than anything making fun of myself. And anything that I ever tweet is for the benefit of the 20-some-odd dudes that actually talk to me on Twitter. Um, I think uh, among all of us, especially if you listen to this show, that we all like a lot of bands and a lot of different styles and own and listen to hundreds and hundreds of albums. So much. We have, we have beloved bands that mean the world to us that we couldn't name like three or four songs off the top of our head or like accurately sing along to the lyrics. It's just, you know, you like it. It means a lot to you, but you've never actually like looked things up or the title doesn't actually match whatever the chorus is. So like you're bound to just forget things and just your brain goes blank. Sometimes that happens too. Uh, The interesting thing is that when you get into the genre so deep and you involve yourself in so many different acts and you listen to so many different albums, then it's like the opposite becomes true, right? You know about 10 million bands, but you don't really know enough about each one of those bands to rise to the occasion of answering this fucking meme question, which by the way, and this is a great point to make. This is just a meme. Just like name three songs. It's just kind of like, a, a, a generally acceptable exaggerated joke about what it's like dealing with elitists who would quiz you on your knowledge of any given t-shirt you wear. Um, it's not a literal statement that this literally happens. Um, it has happened. I've seen it happen. You know, it's, it does. It's, it's a representation of like older men who are just like chronically in the music scene, challenging, more often than not young women like young pretty women who they think the way to flirt with them is to fucking neg them uh to walk up to any one of them wearing stuff that's pretty simple like a nirvana shirt or a metallica shirt or a def leppard shirt and just being like okay so you you're just wearing that because you think you're gonna attract guys like me name three songs do you even know the band name three songs if you even know the band and it's Um, it's also perpetuated by the metal sucks and the loud wires of the world who go ew look what one of the kardashians is wearing they're wearing a def leopard shirt ew yeah it's just like, who cares right like you guys caught miley cyrus in an iron Maiden shirt fantastic i'm so happy for you um you're really blowing the whole lid off things like great so that was it that's the joke and i think it makes sense and i've had a lot of dudes in the comments reply like yeah i have no idea i just let the album play <laughs> And I love the band, and I I own T-shirts, and I support local music. I I have no idea. This is actually true, and you know we all had a good laugh about it. But inevitably, with something that does a few numbers, it got to a little over seven hundred likes, which is a lot more than I'm used to. Um, I've had more, I've had less, but that's that's more than usually the Twitter. Twitter it's a banger. It's, it's a banger. You can it's enough it. of a banger. Yeah. Um, but I, I had a lot of people take what I said very personally 
Um, I had people say that it's not okay to bully anyone about what t-shirt they're wearing. And it's like, I'm not, this isn't, this isn't a call to arms to bully grown men. You, okay. <laughs> where did you get that? Like, how did you take that and say like, how about we don't bully anyone? You <laughs> leave people alone. It's it's like you're making chili for your neighbors or something. Yeah, this um this one guy says, "How about we stop harassing people who wear band merch and support a music they like, or maybe they just like art? Who cares?" And I'm like, I, where do you think I care in the first place, man? It's just like, how did you not take this as just me bullshitting? I I I don't know. You have thirty followers. Who the fuck are you? Oh, this guy. If you ask my 12-year-old for three Metallica songs, she'd give you their entire discography, album title, and date of release. That poor child. <laughs> Why did you get your child to that point? Um, your child's a poser. <laughs> but a lot of it's pretty funny. Like, you got a guy who says, uh, wearing an Al Namrud shirt and sweating because I didn't learn Arabic. Like, it's just... <laughs> like, there's, there's... A lot of it was just that kind of a statement, right? That we just, we don't pay that close of attention to the trillions of bands that we get ourselves into. Desperately trying to name three Nile songs before you run out of breath. Right. But the, the huge, the, the most insane, and this is the most insane unhinged thing that I have ever gotten myself involved in on Twitter. And I have ever seen in my entire life. And this is, this is dead ass true. Um, this, this, this rando, this guy who is not a mutual among anybody. I've never met this guy. I've never seen this guy in my life. Uh, he quote tweeted me and he stated, I've been waiting for a tweet like this all of my life because I will quote tweet this every day with a picture of the t-shirt I'm wearing and as many songs as anyone wants. If it means getting rid of this idea that every single male metalhead is some kind of hypocritical gatekeeping incel. And I'm not very good at letting confrontations go. Um, so I just retweeted and I said, no, you won't. <laughs> You, you poked the bear so hard with that. No, you won't. I mean, this and, person's already worked up, so you just you <laughs> nudged him even further off the cliff. And he's like, he replies, you have no idea how stuffed to the gills my closet is with thrash and death metal shirts. And I Whoa, said, Whoa, thrash and death metal. Damn, dude. And I said, that's cool. I'll see you tomorrow then. <laughs> and then he replied, I will. I'll stop when I see someone say, quote unquote, name three songs, because I've never seen that before. And I replied, name three songs. And it just, I, I'm, this was, this is not the way to behave in this situation. The way to behave in a situation when a guy makes a promise like this is to block them. Just, just block them. Okay? Or mute them so they keep doing it and you just never have to see it and they're wasting their time. I, I mean, look, the, the one thing I can say is that, as someone who's not a mutual on Twitter, um, I would not have seen this. If I just moved past the tweet, uh, I would not have seen it like in my notifications. I would have just moved on with my life. Um, and I did, you know, I just kind of let it go. And then, you know, but, but my curiosity got the best of me. And for the entire week, this guy did this every single day. He quote tweeted the tweet that I made and he, replied with like a picture like a, a a selfie shot of the shirt not showing his face just the um the shirt and he would just to make the point that he knew three songs 
he would write in a list three songs for each band of every shirt for multiple days this went on. With an incognito window up of Spotify or <laughs> Google. You know, my greatest regret in all the bullying is that I didn't make that statement that it's like, dude, you're just looking these up. Um, which you very well could have been, but it, it wasn't the point. So, um, you know, I the ways I asked the mom were saying like, hey, I already said name three songs. You already saw it. You can't do this anymore. Like, um, just, just you kind of just, a little shitty ways. It should have been an escalating on. name four songs. Name five songs. I, I could have done a lot to torture this guy, um, but eventually, I by by Friday, I was just like, you know what, man? Um, there is really no dickheaded metal guy behavior that I could ever call out that is more lame than what you were doing. You should have let him keep doing it to see when uh, he'd finally give up. And on that day, he doesn't post. You go name three songs. Yeah, yeah, I. I, I had so many ideas to just push this and push this and push this, but man, at the end of the day, I'm 35. Uh, like I'm, I, I'm a guy with a job and a, and a fucking car loan. And I have, I a have wife. a mortgage. You I, dick. I have a fucking <laughs> wife. Like I, I don't have time to like be just like egging on this guy who seeks to harass me every single day for the rest of my life with like pictures of himself in a t-shirt. You know, I, I just don't. Um, so I told him, I was like, well, I, I told him that. And I was like, like, look, man, you're on Blockville. And the moment I said that he was like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to harass you. I'll stop right now. Okie dokie. And I'm just like, buddy, your only intention was to harass me. You know, I, I didn't say that, but I'm just like, fine. You know, I got toxic too. Let's just move on with our lives. He's just waking up with his fists clenched going, today's the day. Right. And, and this guy's in his bio. He's married. So his wife is over there like, baby, please stop Googling death metal. Come back to bed. You know, like this, this is a man with a whole life and no one cares that you have a morbid angel shirt. Lots of people do. Right. Stop wearing gruesome shirts to your HVAC job to, to defeat me on the other side of the U S map here, man. Like just, just stop. Just angrily mixing cement as he thinks of what shirt to wear tomorrow. Yeah. It's just fucking just the 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 strange obsession there uh, was wild, and I, I I brought this up um, on Twitter and, and told everybody about it. We all had a great laugh, and we all poked fun at him. And you know, I, I think the it was obvious that this was the most unhinged thing that anyone had ever seen uh, in a good long time. But yeah, it's like I I I just I don't understand how people took this the way they took it. I just I don't. Um, they, people thought this was a call of arms where I'm like, you know, please start bullying, you know, 30 year old men about their shirts. Um, they also took it where it's like, no one's ever asked a girl that ever. It's never happened. I've I never think, seen it. I think when people do that, they tend to put themselves or however they genuinely feel into situations that have nothing to do with them and take great offense. It's like, they're the ready player one of their own lives and everything, yeah. Main character everything syndrome. that exists involves them and revolves around them so that they take offense to some obviously silly tweet and get real weird about it. Like the current Twitter thing going around about making chili for your young neighbors and people talking about how it's ableist or 
uh, has something to do with people not having enough money to make their own chili or <laughs> what, whatever the fuck. Everyone is insane with what's going on, including the person, the or I, I should say, the Twitter user who is a clout vampire and just has an absurd amount of followers just trying to gain clout by saying that they were going to make food for their young neighbors and like posting pictures of them making the food. Yeah, it's... It's just brain worms, man. It's main character syndrome. Like I cannot, I, at my age and at my point in life, I cannot pass possibly fucking fathom just scrolling through that mindless reel of idiocy that is this fucking website, stopping on something that I think hits me as like a, a diss. And just getting in there and just being like, you know, you know something, yeah, you know something. It's just, it's so fucking dumb. It's like, even if you take it personally, why comment? Just scroll past it. You'll never see it again in a million years. It's over. Like, this person doesn't know you. Mute them, block them, go away with it. And of course, we're all mourning the website that makes us feel like this <laughs> as it slowly circles the drain. And we just know there's people that we've interacted with over the years that we're just never going to see again if it goes away. I don't think that Twitter's necessarily going to go away from the wholly owned must situation. I think that it's going to crash hmm. maybe for a while. We might lose uh, data, we might lose tweets. Uh, There are programmers that have quit their jobs who are not available to maintain things that definitely require maintenance. This thing is on fucking stilts right now, just in the wind. Like it's, it's crazy how it's still running right now, but I think it'll go down and everyone will say RIP Twitter. And then in a week, a day, a month, a minute, it'll all come back and it'll all be there. And it'll be MySpace just sitting in the background of our lives forever. Yeah, well, uh, when you, I think it'll be like MySpace in that, yeah, it technically still exists, but it really does not get used. And everything is kind of broken, and it it is somehow still up, but it doesn't perform any sort of function. I don't know if, at least for my age and my ability to deal with technology and stuff, I I said I saw someone tweet out like about Mastodon, the whatever other social media company that's out there, and yeah. like it's real easy to use. And then it was like forty or fifty tweet long thread about how to use it, and I'm just no, I can't, yeah. I cannot yeah. do that. I I don't need this in my life. Um, this is something that has taken a lot of time and energy for me, and I think that now more than ever, like the the. Uh, the spell is broken and it's like, I'm, I'm gone, man. That's it. I don't, I, while I might still check it and while I might still post a tweet every once in a while for the benefit of the few people that, you know, I'm still relating to here and there. Um, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I have no emotional attachment to the, 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 the metal scene on Twitter to the, 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 the community space by and large of Twitter. I, I think that a lot of these connections, even ones that I've seen as very deep over the years are probably pretty vapid and not that tightly knit and close. I mean, God knows I've met you guys online and now you guys are real friends and I, we, we've, we've had the privilege of meeting each other and, and hanging out for hours in person. Um, I, I still would like to have that be a reality with Joe, but um, it's, it's just like this, this shit is not real. This shit is not real life. 
I have nothing to prove anymore. Um, I, I don't care if my follower count went from 2,300 to zero. It's, it's fine. It's, it's the end of an era and that's okay. You know, it's time to move on with our lives and that's, that's all right. You know? Yeah. I think it would be good for a lot of people to log off for a while. For every like genuine, we met through Twitter DMS and now we're married and we're happy and have kids and all that. There's just a lot of the tenuous, you know, we've liked each other's comments and we talk a little bit through DMS and, you know, for a couple people, they'll stick around and still be friends. And for a lot of it, it just kind of goes away and becomes like, Memories from when you used to be on a message board. Oh, I wonder what happened to Slaytalica six six six. You know, I, I hope they're doing okay. And that's about it. And there's alternatives. We're on Instagram and Facebook and things like that. Uh, it's not quite the same as Twitter, where you could really find anything about anyone fairly easily. It's a lot more. Instagram is picture driven, and Facebook is I don't know your aunts and uncles driven. So we'll see if anything pops up. Uh, we'll also see. Because kind of like MySpace, there are MySpace bands. There were Twitter bands as well. I mean, there still are. Yeah, But bands that have gained an interest and popularity first through, like, whether it's funny tweets or engaging or uh, political or activist-style things, and then having the music to back it up. You know, we can think of, like, A Vile Creature Mm -hmm. or Ithaca just were, like, genuinely enjoyable or interesting or creative people who – are very much out there under their band name for sometimes for good and sometimes for banned. And what happens to some of those bands now if they don't have their main vehicle of communication? Yeah, and I think a lot of hype was generated for those groups. I mean, a lot of OSDM I've seen was hype generated on oh, Twitter yeah. and their activity with Twitter. Undeath is a huge example. That guy has fire tweets every other minute. Um Gate Creeper, another great Hath. example. Hath, of course, fucking Hath. Primitive Man. I mean, these are all uh, groups that were introduced to me from Twitter engagement. I would have no idea who these guys were if I was just scrolling on Facebook or Instagram. I I think that that's a great point. Um, it just it's just a trash fire at this point, and um. You know, I like I said, I think the platform is is not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, we might see some of these things fall apart, but worst comes to worst, there might be a new buyer, and I don't know, maybe Walmart buys it and takes all the porn off of it, and then we all don't want to no. use it anyway. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> what happened to Tumblr, right? Yahoo bought Tumblr, took every scrap of pornography off the site, and found out that like, hey, that's not what the people or the shareholders wanted people love titties man don't they know about the betamax vhs story and pornography like binmax doesn't exist because they weren't cranking out the porn that everyone wanted same thing people want to see butts and boobs and that's 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 a fucking universal thing among all political spectrums like there there was like one Republican who who wanted to like ban pornography, and I think everyone in the House and the Senate got him in a room and was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> they just sit him down and yell at him. We love Jesus, but not that much, boy. You don't know who you're messing with. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I have, uh, I, 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 I have, you know, I do have genuine friends that I've, I think I've gotten from Twitter, um, and a lot of those people kind of just somehow ended up on my Facebook or Instagram. I'm not going to lose those people. Um, and the rest of them, I mean, not to downplay their uh, contribution or their engagement. And I really appreciate and 
respect every follow I've ever gotten. Like, it's amazing that you could, you know, want to see everything that I say any given day. That's great. But it's time to move on, man. Um, am I going to delete my account? Probably not. But am I going to just, like, live on it anymore? Absolutely not. No. I'm, 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 I'm all set. I will. I'll keep a tab open until it finally burns down. And I'll be like Frank Reynolds and get real weird with it. Yeah. Uh, is there any other, uh, pieces of news? I don't want to, I don't want to just steamroll us with the Twitter conversation. Do you have anything else you want to bring up before we, uh, we, we, we take off here? I think that's pretty good for now. I think that's pretty good too. I think this is a nice little intimate show with me and the best boy. And, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that with, um, COVID being what it is, Joe is, uh, not going to be ready for the next show, but he'll probably be on it anyway. Because that's just the opinion of the American workforce. You get six or seven days, and then, all right, buddy, time to come back. Yeah, your sick time's up, Joe. Uh, You're going to have to start using your vacation days, or you're going to have to talk to HR about this, because uh, we're just losing production right now, and that's the most important thing. Oh, see, those those points on your record do count, actually. Um, They do count, and it is fair that we're doing that. And here's a 20-minute conversation as to why. Do you know how many interns can take your spot? Absolutely. Um, we might get one. We'll just have to replace, uh, I think, all three of us. We should just get really uh, random unpaid folks to just come on here and just, uh, you know, do do something that's still better than the Riff Raff podcast. Ooh. Shots fired <laughs> just before Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. All right, boys and girls, I think we're going to wrap it up here. I want you to keep it metal. I want you to eat more turkey than God. And I will more than likely see you next week. Peace and love. Stay metal. Goodbye. Bye.
You're listening to 66.6 FM. Radio TOVH. The Flush.